0: Hi, and welcome to episode 194 of a Love Food podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Those of you who are new to the Love Food podcast, welcome. I am glad you're here too. And this is a show where listeners just like you write a letter to food. And they outline their complicated relationship with it, and they may go back really far into their childhood or to some really shitty thing that may have happened last year and made it all tangled up. And many feel stuck, just like the letter writer that we're going to hear from today. Many people who write letters to food feel really stuck. And in this show, what we do is we kind of sift through the letter. And sometimes I have a guest on. Today I don't, but we sift through the letter. And then at the end, food actually writes back. This episode's letter writer describes a relationship with food that feels really chaotic. There's a binge purge kind of relationship. There's a way of relating to food that feels good or bad and a fixation on eating clean foods. And I really challenge those descriptors as maybe part of why. This person's feeling stuck. And I also don't think it's all dependent on the individual. I think there's more going on than just that. So I can't wait to dive in. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS, you have been told to diet. I know it. a fact (laughs) because everybody with PCOS is told they have to diet. But what do you do if you know diets don't work or you want to explore things like intuitive eating? Well, I have been helping people with PCOS for at least 15 years now, and I've put together a system. It's a 12-step system to help people move away from diets and to promote healing and health while living with PCOS using intuitive eating. And I have all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. One last request before we get to this episode's letter. I am trying to double the amount of ratings and reviews that I have for the Love Food Podcast. I'm so grateful to the now 600 of you that have left ratings and reviews. Woohoo! I'm trying to get to 1,000, which feels like a really crazy goal. But I am actually in the process of looking for a literary agent because I have a book in mind that I want to put together. And the feedback I've got from literary agents so far is that I need more ratings ratings, and reviews in order to get a book deal. So could you do me a favor? Could you leave me a rating or review? Doing anything like that really helps more people find the show. And it may just be the thing that helps me to find a literary agent. So I'm really, really grateful for any time that you spend Just sharing an episode, again, leaving a rating or review, it really, really helps the show grow and it may help me meet this goal I have. So thanks so much. And enough of all that. Let's go ahead and get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I've been obsessed with clean food in the past and always distinguished between, quote, bad food and good food. Because of that, I found myself in a binge purge cycle all of the time. Now I have lost my control and gained X amount in five months. And I feel anxiety, depression. I feel body dysmorphia. I'm sick with all this. People around me don't understand and don't support me. No support makes it so hard to recover, and I don't know how or what I should do to recover. I've watched and read everything about eating disorders, but they don't tell me specifically what to do. I hope that you can help me figure this out. Sincerely, Stuck, and Nowhere to Go. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. I really appreciate it. And I am so excited to talk about clean food, good food, bad food, and what it takes to heal, what it really takes. But I have something disappointing to say. I know you're asking for some specifics. You know, you've seen all the fluff. You've seen all the probably memoirs about recovery. You're wanting to get to the meat of it. Like, how, how do you make this work? How do you recover? And And honestly, I don't have an exact how. If I did, it actually would be a diet. And I think that's part of why recovery is so tough is because diet culture makes things seem like we all have an exact plan to go and that will make it all right. And we don't have an exact plan. I don't know exactly what you need or anyone listening who can relate to your letter. There's just no way to know. You're the only one who's going to know what you need to heal. And of course, even just how I said that, it made it sound so linear. Healing is not linear. It's not this like destination, namely because our world hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. So instead of giving you an exact way of moving forward or like a diet sheet, let's sift through your letters. And maybe by sifting through the themes in your letter, maybe we'll be able to connect you and anyone listening with some tools that will be helpful for you to decide where you want to go next. And you know what I need to start with? The very beginning. The words clean eating. I have a huge problem with that phrase. I think it is super shameful and rooted in diet culture what does clean eating even mean? I think the way that I define it is the opposite, which is like, if something's not a clean food, does that mean it's dirty? And then when I think of dirty, I think of like unsanitary or shameful. Oh, that's just such a yucky word, (laughs) a yucky way to consider our food. And I think it's really important for us to be able to take a step back and to recognize that these, these phrases that we use to describe food choices that maybe don't seem to have a lot of meaning, they have so much power. And again, they're rooted in diet culture. I know it's hard to connect those dots, but Christy Harrison in her latest book called Anti-Diet does a really wonderful job in chapter two outlying how themes in our way of talking about food and our food ways right now especially clean eating and wellness culture, how they still are rooted in some really nasty things like white supremacy. Yeah, so clean eating has its roots as well in being anti-Black. Yeah, that is just so powerful and not okay. But when we use words like clean and then in our brain we're thinking about dirty as the opposite, I know for so many people I talk to, they do connect not clean eating to feeling a lot of shame. And the only time we really need to be feeling any kind of guilt with a food choice is if we steal the food. And even then, I probably have some ideas of like, you know, if we're living in poverty, then yeah, steal the food. You need it to survive. It's okay. When we moralize food by using terms like good or bad, it really gives food more power than it deserves. And remember, I'm a dietitian. I think food is pretty important. I studied it for a really long time, and it's what I talk about all day long with clients. Yet, I think it has too much power. Food should not be a moral issue. It should not be. And we live in a world where food has a moral kind of label to it. So for you, letter writer, and anyone who can identify with this person's letter— if you find yourself feeling really frustrated because you're still stuck in those ways of talking about food and it's good or bad or black and white, well, remember, we are living in a world that still does that. So in our little like caves that we live in or our little cozy places where we may feel safe, maybe that's in our therapy rooms. Um, it may be easier to sift through and to recognize that all food is good or there's not a moral connection to food. But just know we do live in a world that still thinks of it that way. And that's why we need to be sure to rally together. Your theme, Letter Writer, is so spot on that you need more support to recover. And I agree. You need more support. The way people recover from eating disorders and diet culture is through relationships. And however you can access more people to support you, I do think the easier it will be. And I'm wondering if you have access to psychotherapy or to a dietitian. I have links in my show notes to help find a dietitian near you. If you don't have access to a therapist or a dietitian, I hope you can rally with as many people as you can on social media, listen to as many podcasts as you can. And you know if if you if you're still not able to move forward, something that is really important for anyone listening to keep in mind even if you had access to any professional you wanted and you were able to access treatment in any way, however you needed, the average length of time it takes for someone to recover from an eating disorder is four to seven years. And then to recover from binge eating disorder, it's twice as much as that. So it takes time. I wish it didn't, it's not fair. But part of why it takes so much time is because our world hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. But how do you move through the binge purge cycle? This letter writer, that's what they're stuck in. Oh, that's a really tough space, but it's a really common space. And there's two things that I've noticed over time that people need to connect with in order to move past the binge purge cycle. And I want to pause for a second, because you may be wondering actually what a binge actually is. And it's a really tough thing to define, but a binge, oftentimes I let my clients decide if what they're experiencing is a binge or not. It's not up for me to decide. But clinicians oftentimes will talk about when a person's eating an amount of food that feels like they can't stop, and it's an amount of food that, quote, is socially unacceptable. Yeah. How weird is that definition? and moralizing, I have to add as well. But it's a it really is how you're feeling in the moment that I think is one of the most important parts. And so if you feel like you can't stop eating and you want to call it a binge, that's fine. You call it whatever you want. So if you're in a place where you feel like you're binging with or without purging, the way to move past it is you need two things. First, you need to make sure you're eating enough and you probably need to eat more than you think. Diet culture has made us believe that we don't need to eat that much food in order to just live our life, which is really unfortunate because we do need to eat more than we think. A lot of people think there's a certain amount, and I, I almost said a certain amount of calories, and I don't want to ne- necessarily name it because that could be um, something that could be triggering for anyone listening. So I'm not going to But diet culture has laid out certain calorie amounts or certain amounts of nutrients that should be enough. Did you see my little air quotes there? And that's just not true. We need to eat more than we think. We need meals many times throughout the day. We need snacks. (laughs) And um, we also, with eating enough, that enough needs also to be satisfying. It's not just feeling full. It's actually like, I actually felt pleasure from that meal and many times throughout the day. Many people will tell me that they don't know why they're still binging because they're eating when they're hungry and stopping when they're full. Why why do they keep binging? And when we peel back the layers, what I start to see is that they're feeling full, but they are getting no pleasure out of that meal. It is not satisfying at all. And um, what a pain, right? To feel full, but not satisfied. So make sure you don't get yourself in that trap. Um, Isabel Fox and Duke calls it the hunger fullness diet trap. Don't, Don't get in that trap. It's really important to focus on satisfaction and pleasure with your food when you're thinking about, or when you're questioning rather, am I eating enough? So besides that, the other thing that a person needs to move away from binging behavior is permission for the binge behavior. You need unconditional permission to binge whenever you want, whatever you want, for as much as you want, for as long as you want. I know that sounds shocking, especially to any clinicians that are listening to hear me say that. But I think it's important to have permission to binge. And I don't care how much you've eaten today, yesterday, or you're gonna, how much you're going to eat tomorrow. Yes, you need permission. And I do think that's one of the reasons why binge eating disorder takes twice as long to recover is because Most people are not talking about the permission piece. When people are experiencing eating disorders, including binging behavior, it's trying to meet an unmet need. It's doing something really important. And I'm so grateful for that. For you, letter writer, your experiences with food are trying to meet an unmet need. And I wonder what that is. You may have heard the quote by Carl Rogers called the curious paradox quote, but it basically is the curious paradox is the more I accept myself as I am, the more I can change. That is a quote that actually led me to want to become trained as a mental health counselor. So grateful to you, Mr. Rogers, of course, different Rogers, <laughs> but yes, it's something about accepting where we are and And I would even say, besides acceptance, but having permission, permission to binge and permission to meet your needs. And when we have permission to binge, it gives us also a chance to catch our breath and to figure out what unmet need is trying to get met by this binge. So then you can decide what you want to do about it. I think those are so important to keep in mind as you're trying to move forward. I know you're feeling stuck. The depression, anxiety, the body dysmorphia, those bad body thoughts, those are all things that we typically see as people are trying to challenge eating disorder or diet culture behaviors. You know, it's like a tension that we can feel ourselves lean up against. When you're feeling like you have access to enough support, Or if you are feeling like it's safe enough to lean into that tension, you may find more answers for you. You know, what's behind all of that? Know that rallying with other people and getting that support is a really big piece of this. So I encourage you to continue to look for people to support you and know that online we have lots of resources. That's how so many of us are coming together to support recovery around the world. And that's the way that we're gonna be able to change our culture. So letter writer, I see food is written back and hang in there. This is a really important fight. It's going to feel easier. And I think especially if you make sure you're eating enough and you have permission to be where you are right now, lean into the tension when you can and continue to seek out support. I definitely support you. And I hope you have patience to continue to move along the way. So like I said, food is written back. But before we get to Food's Letter, this episode of a Love Food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Get to all the information at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, a subscribed, or even shared this episode. You can do all of that in your favorite podcatcher app or an apple podcast doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow and i am eternally grateful for all of your support so until next time take care dear stuck and nowhere to go we see you struggling with these steps on your journey doing this alone is taxing scary and confusing Continue to seek support. It is so important. Seek support in therapy, with friends, and online. Know, no matter what, you are not alone. Many are on this journey, the exact same journey you are on. Practice compassion with your food choices. And remember, food is not good or bad. It is just food. As you desire to move along from restricting, binging, and purging, Make sure you're eating enough and make sure you're giving yourself permission to binge. Permission just may be the key to open the door to welcome you home. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.